The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Welcome to episode number 196 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. What should a mentoring relationship look like? I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, I want to answer this question by providing you with seven steps that you can take to get the most out of a mentoring relationship. And the reason I'm doing this episode is because I have been receiving a lot of inquiries from civil engineering companies lately on helping them to establish formal mentoring programs. The reason for this is because many consulting firms are built around the mentoring relationship. If their managers are not mentoring their younger staff or their less experienced staff, then their company is not going to grow. I mean, that's just the bottom line. The challenge, though, is that these leaders are too busy to mentor in a lot of cases. So they need to, I don't want to say force them to mentor, but they need to create frameworks and mentoring programs to ensure that this mentoring happens. And that's why we're going to cover this today so that if I do get inquiries, as a first step, I can send this episode, of course, to a company or to a professional engineer looking for mentoring. And I just want to create this guide. Before we jump in today, this is a free show and our sponsors do help us keep it free. So I would like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Collier's Engineering and Design. Collier's Engineering and Design is a multidiscipline engineering firm with over 1,800 employees and 63 offices nationwide and growing fast. Collier's Engineering and Design maintains an internal culture that is nurtured through the promotion of integrity, collaboration, and socialization. Their employees enjoy hybrid work environments, continuous career advancement, health and wellness offerings, and programs and projects that have a positive impact on society. Collier's Engineering and Design stays on the cutting edge of technology and their entrepreneurial approach to expansion provides personal and professional development opportunities across the firm. Leadership's dedication to the well-being of their employees and their families is demonstrated throughout the wide range of benefits and programs available to them. For more information, visit the career page on their website at colliersengineering.com. I also want to mention that we have been doing a lot of people leadership, project management, and seller-doer training programs for our clients. If your company needs to help their managers become better interacting with people, then our Engineering Leadership Accelerator program is for you. If you need help with project management, scope, schedule, budget, handling client changes, and so on and so forth, our Project Management Accelerator is for you. And if you need help with business development, then our Seller Doer Accelerator program is for you. And we can even do a combination or a custom program. You can check out all of our programs at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Just click on the upcoming training button in the top of the website or give us a call, 800-920-4007. That's 800-920-4007. Let's jump in to today's episode. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. So what should a mentoring relationship look like? And again, if you're interested in building a formal mentoring program, you can follow these same seven steps that I'm going to run through here. The mentor-mentee relationship is a professional relationship. It exists between a mentor and a protege, or could be referred to as a protege or a mentee. And it may be one of the most crucial relationships that you will develop during your career. 
However, once you've found that mentor that you think is right for you, it is really important to kind of shape and develop that relationship in the right way. And here are the steps that I believe you can take to do that. Step one, hold a kickoff meeting. Now, I know I sound like a true project manager here, right? But an initial meeting is critical for really getting to know one another and kind of laying the groundwork for the mentoring relationship. During this initial kickoff meeting, you should discuss several items, including how often you will meet, how long the meetings will last, and really the structure of those meetings. Will you have an agenda? Are you meeting remotely, in person, depending on your situation? You should also make it clear, and this is important, that you would like everything discussed between the two of you to remain confidential. You may want to discuss things like conflicts in the workplace, for example. In the mentoring programs that I've been a part of, and if you're thinking of building one, this is important, you might have a confidentiality agreement that both parties sign. Again, this is a critical component of the mentoring relationship because if the mentee can't feel comfortable talking about their challenges or issues, it's not going to be helpful for them. You as the protege should also make it clear to your mentor that you want to be held accountable for what you say you're going to do between meetings. Otherwise, the relationship may not provide the motivation that you need to move you closer to your goals. And this is a little bit of a coaching that comes into the mentoring relationship. Because if someone's just going to be there to listen to you and they're not going to hold you accountable, you're missing out on a layer of that relationship. Step number two, set goals. You must take the time to set goals for your mentoring relationship early on. Preferably during the kickoff meeting that I just spoke about, I would recommend creating two to five goals that you're looking to achieve through the work you do with your mentor. Whenever you are moving towards something specific, you tend to have more focus and more motivation. For example, some goals might include develop a study plan for taking and passing the PE exam. And I'm using that as an example because that's something that I did. Create an outline with steps that you need to take to reach the project management or project manager level in your firm. Maybe you want to become project manager one and you need some help and guidance on getting there. Another goal could be join and become active in a professional society. Maybe you want to become the president of a local association and your mentor has done that before. So he or she can help you do that. It's like anything in life. If you have a focus and you have some goals around it, the odds of you being successful will increase dramatically. The same goes for the mentoring relationship. Step number three, meet regularly. Consistency wins all of the time, especially when you're trying to improve something. So even if you meet only once per month by phone, it will provide the structure necessary to ensure that you get the assistance you need to move towards your goals, as opposed to if you just say, hey, let's meet whenever we can. So you have to have consistency. It's really, it goes, this is in every aspect of life. If you want to get in shape, you got to work out consistently, not whenever you feel like it. If you want to start to build up a savings account, you need to save money consistently, not whenever you feel like throwing some money in there. So ensure that you're meeting with your mentor on a very regular basis. And even if it's spaced out a little bit, that's okay. As long as it's consistent, you know where the meetings are and you can prepare accordingly, which leads me to step four, be prepared for your mentoring meetings. What do I mean by prepared? I mean, have questions ready for your mentor when you meet with him or her. Be prepared to discuss the actions you've taken or the progress you've made since the last meeting. Have a notebook or a file on your computer. You can list all your questions and be prepared for that meeting. You want to take full advantage of those meetings because number one, just out of respect to your mentor for giving you time out of their busy schedule, you should come prepared and be ready to go. But also how much 
time are you really going to get to spend with someone that's had that kind of success? You need to take advantage of it. Step number five, ask open-ended questions. This is hugely important. Open-ended questions are questions that cannot be answered with a simple yes or no. So for example, as opposed to asking, you know, I'm thinking about getting this degree or certification. Do you think it's a good idea? Instead, you might say something like, I was thinking about getting this specific certification. Do you think it's a good idea or do you know of any other certifications that I might look into as well? When you ask open-ended questions, you're going to get more information. A lot of technical professionals have given the chance to say yes or no. Well, just say yes or no. I Really, anybody that goes for it. And that gets back to preparation, preparing the questions so you get information and data that can be helpful for you in your career development. Step number six, take good notes during and in between your meetings. This also speaks to being prepared. Like I said, you want to have a notepad at your desk or something on your desktop where you might jot down questions or challenges that come up for you as you go through your days. I mean, this is just something that's generally a good idea to do, right? Take notes on your personal and career development, what's working, what's not working, what are my biggest challenges, what are my biggest strengths. You're almost creating this file on your own development, and it's a perfect file or point of discussion for you and your mentor. So please make sure that you're taking really good notes. And again, be consistent with it. Have a notebook where everything is in one spot so you can get the most out of those interactions. And last but not least, step number seven, be proactive. You don't have to wait for your mentor to act on something or to ask you about something. You should show up to these meetings with very specific thoughts and ideas and seek feedback on them. If you sit back like anything in your career or life, you're going to fall behind. So I really challenge you to be proactive to maximize the mentoring relationship. Pick their brain, ask these questions, reach out to them. A lot of younger professionals lack that confidence and they're just reactive. And I want you to be proactive. And this goes beyond mentorship. This goes in your career in general as well. So let me recap the seven steps for you before we wrap up. First of all, you want to hold that initial kickoff meeting, kind of lay the groundwork for the relationship, talk about where you will meet, how often you'll meet, the structure of the meetings, talk about confidentiality and accountability, and maybe get a confidentiality agreement in place if you're part of a formal mentoring program. Step two, set some goals for what you'd like to accomplish with your mentor, and I recommend reviewing those goals with him or her in that kickoff meeting. That's kind of your North Star that both of you are moving towards. Step number three, meet regularly. If you don't do something consistently, you're not going to get a lot out of it, period. Step number four, Be prepared for your mentoring meetings. Have questions ready. Have progress to show. Step five, ask open-ended questions, questions that cannot be answered with a yes or no to get more and valuable information. Step six, take really good notes during and in between your meetings. If someone's going to give you amazingly valuable career-changing information, you better get all of that information down so that you can apply it effectively. And step number seven, be proactive. This means in the mentoring relationship, but also in your career and life in general. Most people that I know that are successful, that have achieved their goals, have achieved their goals because they're going after them. They're not sitting there and waiting for the goals to come to them. So I hope that these seven steps can help you to shape the mentoring relationships that you have, and it's okay to have more than one, but I want you to be able to create relationships that are productive and they create a very lasting impact on your civil engineering career or your company. If you're listening to this and then building a mentoring program, that can really be a growth driver for a company. 
Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Please remember that you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 196. There you will find a summary of these seven steps listed out so that you can follow through them. I also want to mention that if your company is interested in people leadership training, project management training, or seller-doer business development training, we have all of those at the Engineering Management Institute, and they're tailored for consulting engineering firms. So please check out our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. You can click on the upcoming training button on the top of the website, or simply give us a call, 800-920-4007. That's 800-920-4007. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the hosts and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineering professionals, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.